we resign to if you don't do for other people when they want it, then you are totally being oblivious to your needs for others. And that puts you in the category, the diagnosis for narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic traits, because you have no empathy. Like what? Do I not have empathy because I want choice saved enough? Or do I not have empathy because I really can't feel compassion for someone else's want or need? Two very different things, but we've merged them together. And lack of empathy is a huge requirement for the diagnosis of narcissism, right? I'm freaking out. I'm so glad this is my birthday episode. Girl. <laughs> Too legitimate to quit. Instantly actionable small business strategies with a pop culture spin. I am your host, Annie P. Ruggles, and my guest today is the magnetic Nikita Ren Thigpen. Nikita helps exhausted power couples and married women entrepreneurs reconnect with their forever love and amplify their intimacy when they find themselves sacrificing their relationships because they're so consumed with the wild success they've been experiencing in business. Nikita's become known as the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world. As an international best-selling author of the book Selfish, keynote speaker, podcast host, and CEO, Nikita's equipped countless high-profile women and a few brave men with tools to recalibrate their power dynamics, redefine their romance, and close the love gap to achieve whole success. Nikita, I'm so happy that for my birthday episode, well, my birthday was yesterday when this is coming out, but still, for my birthday episode, I am so thrilled that you are here to talk to us all about relationships and power and all kinds of good gooey stuff. My question for you is, what do small business owners need to focus on this week? That is a fantastic question and happy birthday! Thank you. Honestly, this week and every week should be reclaiming your power so you can release your brilliance because so many mm. of us have just dimmed it and they're not standing strong in it anymore. Reclaim power to release brilliance. I love that. I love those two things in combination that's mm -hmm. so powerful because I know... There have been many, many times in my life where my brilliance has felt blocked. Yeah. Or where my power has felt blocked. Mm -hmm. But I'm not sure I realized in those moments that the other thing was a factor in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I feel like when my brilliance is blocked, I go hunting for my brilliance. I don't go hunting for my power. But when you say that, of course, that's got to come first. Of course, I have to reclaim myself before I can produce. That makes complete sense. <laughs> well, I'm Ooh. grateful that it does. Because uh, the reality is a lot of us get, you know, like you follow energy and pathways, right? Like energy yeah. being blocked in your body. 
And when we get stuffed up, I just like think of like a stuffy nose. When you're yeah. super stuffy, you can't enjoy your food. You you still eat, right? You still feed your body. You still try, but you can't, you're not enjoying it anymore, which means you're not cooking the same. You're not seasoning the same. You're definitely not, you know, fueling up the same because you barely want to eat when your taste buds are kind of dimmed from being stuffy. It's the same thing when we get stuffy in our energy and something gets stuffed up or blocked we get stuffy with how we want to taste our our next level innovation. We start to do the same things over and over and over again. Our business doesn't feel enjoyable. It feels like a job or some aspect of it. And as much as we love what we do, because we will all stand on Instagram stories and say, I love what I do. Thank God I found what I've done. Mm -hmm. But when you're feeling, <laughs> right, <laughs> you, know, you make, make a fun of me. but you know, when you're feeling like super stuffed up, you're like, yeah, I'm grateful and I'm not enjoying this. Yeah. Right. Like, and you can be in a space of both, but in order for that not to become this thing where you're just like going along to get along in your mm-hmm. business, you have to like really reclaim your power. If you felt like you kind of lost it a little bit yeah. and get unclogged with a little bit of selfish behavior. Don't get me started on that one. I love selfish behavior. Here at Too Legitimate to Quit, we are fans of selfish behavior. Absolutely. Get your needs met. Don't hurt anybody in the process. Absolutely. Don't be an asshole. Absolutely. But there no are ego. a hundred thousand ways mm-hmm. to be selfish yes. in a beautiful way that doesn't put anybody else down. There are a thousand hundred reasons. That and ways that you should be taking care of number one, especially if you're a small business owner, because we are our number one asset. I talk about this all mm-hmm. the freaking time. If you were a billionaire who is making money off of racing horses, you would take perfect care of those horses those horses would eat better than you those Mm -hmm. horses would sleep on only the finest of hay in -hmm. only the finest of stables and we'd be brushed 700 times a day because that horse is your money maker absolutely so how come we don't apply that care to ourselves like i i agree i think selfishness has to happen and i think that's so interesting too that Mm -hmm. like yes Making sure your needs are met, making sure you're taking care of number one is a great way to reclaim that power. A thousand percent. And you could, oh my God, Annie, we could go down the rabbit hole of all the ways that we should be doing it and while we aren't doing it. But the number one reason why most of us won't do it consistently, we might have selfish moments, right? Mm -hmm. But the one reason we won't do it consistently is because the world congratulates us for bad behavior. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the world loves and actually like the coaching and self-development industry really loves a martyr. Mm. And I've been talking about this a lot in terms of marketing versus sales, right? Because over marketing to me when you're giving value all the time starts to feel like a martyrdom. It feels like I'm constantly putting it down and, and I'm never getting anything back. And I'm just giving and giving and giving all the time so that I can stand on the corner and go, look at how many people I helped this year without taking anything for myself. That is over marketing, right? Yeah. But I also see mm-hmm. it in all these other ways. It's like, look, I'm helping all these people. Good, great, awesome. In whatever capacity you're doing it, but you got to receive some too 
for the balance of it. Absolutely. If you're not receiving you're, if you're not receiving it at all, and we had this, um, I'm going to tell you this quick story. One of our success architects who does like our social selling and also accountability advising for us in one of our group programs. Um, of course, you're familiar with social selling. So, you know, they're uh, consistently creating authentic connections with people to mm-hmm. then qualify to see where the relationship should continue. Love it. So, right. So someone uh, responded um, in kind, wanted to move over into the DMs, have the conversation. And she said, great, you know, everything that you sounds like you have going on with you, would you like to come into the free uh, Facebook community, which our group is called Certified Selfish? And the woman replies to her and said, oh, well, as long as, you know, I'm a, really a giver, uh, not, a re- not a receiver by quote. I'm a giver, not a receiver. Uh, so as long as you guys are okay with me giving advice and not expecting me to receive anything, then I'm good. I'll join. Oh my goodness. Ridiculousness. Correct. So well-intentioned. So well-intentioned and such ridiculousness, such ridiculousness. And you, she clearly didn't hear what this was in writing, but she didn't hear or see what she was saying. Like you just cut yourself off the knees from growing. Yeah. How do you stop growing? How do you ever walk into a room? How do I go in Annie's house and say, oh, I'm just here to show up and do my thing, not to be a part of, not to hear, not to see how I can contribute, not to listen to the wisdom of Annie and her husband and whatever else might be happening in this dynamic. But nope, I'm coming in your house to just give and you're going to appreciate it because I don't receive. Like if you ever stop receiving and you are the number one anything, the top guru of everything, then you have clearly cut yourself off the knees of evolving. And who wants to learn from someone who refuses to evolve? Nobody. And I feel bad for whatever happened in her life that, and this is many people's lives, I'm not judging, but like, I don't know where a bunch of people get the idea that receiving, gratefully Mm -hmm. receiving, in exchange for what you put out, so not receiving more than you're due, but receiving it all will somehow corrupt you as a human. That's like mm-hmm. one of the main things I talk about all the time when I'm dealing with sales avoidance in people. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Receiving does not automatically make you an asshole. Right. Absolutely. And in fact, it makes you, it is, you know, one of our aligned friends that we really love and trust and know, Margie Falhoun, co-owner of Interview Connections, you know, one of her. We love you, Margie. We love you, Margie. I don't want to mess up her quote, but to paraphrase slightly uh, something that downloaded into her spirit when she was in the shower, which I love shower downloads, by the way, Yes, uh, was a coming a coming of awareness of a quote that dropped into her spirit that I think said something like, do you want to be a student of greatness or a master of mediocrity? Mm. 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 And you can't be a student of greatness without receiving. Exactly. Exactly. You, can't. you just simply cannot. Like one of the most beloved books of all time, makes me want to jump out a window. And I love this author, and I'm very, very sorry, and I am going to get some hate mail over this, and I don't Mm. even care. I am talking about The Giving Tree. Ah, yes, you are going to get hate mail. (laughs) I dated someone with a full-sleeve Giving Tree tattoo, and Mm -hmm. what that said to me, other than hot, (laughs) what that actually said to me was, this person has no boundaries. Yeah. 
Because yeah. the giving tree mm-hmm. at its core is a masochistic book about not having boundaries. Yes, it is. I agree. Because you don't want to say no to someone like that tree gets decimated and mm-hmm. turned into a stump. Mm-hmm. So a kid can take a girl out on a boat one time. Really? Which because is not that tree okay. Does- no, it is not. Like, if you want to carve your name in the tree, then that is between you and the tree. <laughs> I'm not here to judge that. Some people like pain. I don't know. But, like, mm-hmm. if you are continually taking and taking and taking and taking and taking, that tree needs to learn how to receive. But it's too late for the giving tree because it's a giving stump now. Yeah, it gave until it was exhausted, which is literally like an, a visual. What is is that considered a metaphorical? A metaphorical visual of what happens when you're not selfish, right? When you're yeah. when you've resigned yourself to fall into the misnomers of what selfish means when you look into Webster dictionary. Um, and obviously there are some portions of it that are correct. Like you don't want to be egotistical and, and be completely oblivious to other people's needs, obviously. But when you really look at what not being selfish does for you, when you're not choosing you to fill up, when you're not focused on making sure that you're not completely exhausted before you go into the world of your relationship, of your business, of your marketing, of your content development day, of your interview schedule, whatever it is that you have doing it, if you go in completely exhausted, you are killing yourself slowly to the point that the next break you have is when you are metaphorically being chopped up, you know, and, and laid to rest, usually by the look of uh, sick days, right? Some people go into their body literally is like, that's enough. And they're two seconds from needing an IV in their arm. And yep. then, then the world says, oh, baby, you burns out. It's okay. Take a couple, catch it, a couple of days. And you'll be, and then you'll get right back in it. Meanwhile, you're you're hanging on by a thread emotionally, trying to figure out what are you doing, what does your life really mean, who really loves you, who are your friends. Like you're analyzing your whole world, all because you were simply empty and you refused to slow down and receive some oh. fuel, girl. Don't oh. get me started. I mean, seriously, that just kicked me square in the solar plexus because. Recently, I have started to feel the precursors of burnout. Yeah. Not quite burnout. Yeah. But like the writings on the wall. And yeah. also something different because at point of recording, we're recording this on March, early March something. <laughs> and I have been locked down for almost a year. Yeah. Like 358 days or something <laughs> like that. And so my needs have changed my circumstances have definitely changed but what you said just totally kicked me because i'm like i could use a couple of days right that exact phrase the couple of days but when i was looking at places to go i was making sure that they had wi-fi so that i could work on my days off without even noticing it i didn't even notice i was looking for wi-fi until you said it and i was not looking at wi-fi for netflix i was looking at wi-fi so i could make sure i was accountable to my email that is messed up and i didn't even notice that in myself Mm -hmm. we normally don't until either someone shames us into it or we have an awareness when we're actually willing to receive and be open like you came into this conversation open-minded of like we're going to see where it goes we're going to shake it out right so you came in open-minded and that is what allowed you to see it versus being shamed into it so i think one thing that a lot of small business owners are 
really wary of, especially if you've been traumatized by this in the past, which I know a lot of healers and stuff that I work with are directly working to undo trauma that they have experienced. Mm Mm-hmm. Why do you think we tend to confuse selfish behavior with narcissism? Mm. Some of that goes back into the original definition, right? So um, selfish, the definition of selfish in and of itself was created in the 1600s. And when you go all the way back to the 1600s, for those of you who are listening and you think about what our world look like. The world look, it was very white male dominated in a much more significant way than it is now. And it was religiously dominated, right? That women had zero voice. And the voice that you did have was permitted to you when you were given permission, not just by your husband, but by the religious leaders of the time, right? So there's a Pentecostal, the the, the history kind of vacillates, whether it was Pentecostal or a Catholic bishop, but a bishop, so someone of high state religiously, um, a high white collar, as we would say, mm-hmm. um, that person was taking prayer requests and, you know, pray over me, give me permission to breathe, give me permission to have an opinion, you know, all of that. Cause that's what we had to do back in the day as women. Um, and in some religions still, unfortunately, my opinion, unfortunately, um, they were going to them saying, listen, I don't like having to have sex with my husband whenever he asks. I want to have choice. I want, I'm fine with having sex. I don't want to do it whenever I want to have some ability to consent. And the term back then, which was given was you denying your husband, any of his husbandly duties makes you selfish. Do not be selfish. And you know, if you are of higher white collar, you say something and it goes into the lexicon, right? It's law. It's, 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 law. it's officially law. Especially in the feudal system of the 1600s. Exactly. Like exactly. you do what you're told or you get burned as a witch, boo. Like, Periods. Those are your options. Exactly. As the kids would say, periods with a Period. T at the end. <laughs> with a T, exactly. Um, and that word is what we still resign to. We resign to if you don't do for other people when they want it, then you are totally being oblivious to your needs for others. And that puts you in the category, the diagnosis for narcissistic personality disorder and narcissistic traits, because you have no empathy. Like what? Do I not have empathy because I want choice? Or do I not have empathy because I really can't feel compassion for someone else's want or need? Two very different things, but we've merged them together. And lack of empathy is a huge requirement for the diagnosis of narcissism, right? I'm freaking out. I'm so glad this is my birthday episode. Girl. (laughs) I mean, so my program is called Sales for Empaths. I talk to people with high empathy literally all day, every day of my life because I also live with people that are highly empathic and everyone I love is highly empathic, right? But I think that it's so key what you just said about the capacity for having empathy for another human is diametrically opposed to narcissism. So all of these people out there listening who think that by taking in their relationships, Mm -hmm. by taking in their small business, by pricing things effectively, by using in all forms, they're so worried about being narcissistic. You can't be. Your empathy's too high for that to happen. You're not going to fundamentally change yourself 
You're not going to lose all empathy for other humans when you decide that you want to garner a better paycheck. Like, that's just not how this works. I love this. Yes. You have to have empathy for yourself. Like, oh, you know, I'm tired or achy or I don't know, maybe I'm not emotionally stimulated to want to lie down with you right now or to want to play this game with you. I should be able to have choice. Now, obviously that's the 1600 version, but it never went away. It still stayed. And women specifically, which it was intended to shame women, women are the biggest proponents of, oh, self-care isn't selfish. Oh, I don't never, I never want to be seen as selfish. I'll never be selfish. I'm always going to give and give and give until I don't have it. And I'm I'm always amazed by it, especially once we've had the awareness conversation of like, miss, this is what it was intended. So let's redefine it and reclaim the power of it and understand that, you know what, taking, pausing everything for two days, six weeks or whatever in between that you want to do to stop breastfeeding the world for a moment. It is selfish and it's not bad. It's an and, right? Like, if I say to you right now and you're like, oh, Nikita, I'm I'm super, super thirsty. Like, give me water. And I've been giving you water and giving you water. And I realize giving you all my water is going to leave me very little left. And you are not sick. You are not without your own access to water. You just, it's easier for you to tap into mine. I have to make an informed decision. Do I give Annie a boundary and say, you know what? you know what, Annie, how about you slow down on that water or you go ahead and go to your own kitchen and get your own water because I only have a little bit left and I really, I know I'm going to need this to hydrate. How about I give you a boundary instead of feeling like, oh, but if I tell her no, she's going to think I'm the worst person in the world because we shame ourselves into thinking this. Meanwhile, I have another 10 hours ahead of me from my day and I'm thirsty, exhausted, dizzy, and (laughs) having dehydration related pains and symptoms and headaches all because I didn't give a no to my good friend, Annie, because I thought that that was selfish. I think that that's gorgeous because there's another word that keeps popping into my head as we're talking, which is what those women in the 1600s and women... And and all and, and I don't that's not necessarily like a gendered thing. Like mm-hmm. we are just now as a people waking up to the necessity of talking about consent. Yes. In a hundred different forms. Yes. Right? Like the Me Too movement is all about consent. It's still yes. happening. And so I love this question that I started asking myself listening to you talk. And I want to ask all the listeners of that. And it's not just sexual and it's not just gendered. Right. What are you consenting to in your life that you shouldn't be? What are you consenting to in your business that you shouldn't be? Because if you are a small business owner, you have more power. So why are you giving that power away on stuff that no longer serves you? Maybe it did at one point, maybe it never did. But that's what I'm thinking so much is like, what am I, me, Annie Pasadisi Ruggles, what am I consenting to in my own treatment of myself? What am I consenting to in the way people treat me in my business? Yes. What am I treat? What am I consenting to in my marriage? What is Ryan? What am I making Ryan consent to? Exactly. This is all, oh, my brain. Okay, right. but hold on. I brought <laughs> you here <laughs> not to rant about the giving tree, which is what I did. <laughs> But we want to tie this in to a piece of pop culture that you love or appreciate. What would you like to talk about today on that front? 
Oh, you know, this is such like a good sadistic tormenting for me because there's so (laughs) many things that we can relate this to. Um, I am going to go with the more current, um, something I just watched recently because you and I, you know, from pre-recording conversations Uh that I'm not a big TV movie person, but a lot of my circle was raging about this Malcolm and Marie show. Yeah. The movie, excuse me, um, that was shot during COVID. It's extremely well shot. The cinematography is beautiful. The acting is stellar, right? And it's black and white. And it's black and white. It's phenomenal. When's the last time you got to watch a movie in black and white? That alone, like the artistry of that is gorgeous. But tell us more about Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, it's a phenomenal story of toxic toxicity. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Not just in their own dynamic, like the whole story is shot around their relationship, right? It's literally shot in one house. They're coming back from Malcolm's movie premiere of his first film or to our knowledge, his first film. He's super excited. Uh, He got really great in the, in the room reviews of Mm -hmm. his film. He's really excited. He comes back. Uh, to the house. He wants to dance. He wants to celebrate. The music is amazing. Of course, the music is sending all kinds of signals of emotions, right? Oh my God. I don't want to give anything away, but there is an amazing component to this film (laughs) that I'm bringing into my own marriage called Fighting Via Motown. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Oh, it was so good. <laughs> like, bring out some James Brown in the middle of a fight and come back with the Shirelles. Yes, like, I am in. <laughs> they did a fantastic job, like, on so many levels. And with all of these, you know, subliminal contexts and messages and passive-aggressive body language and all the things mm. that are happening, uh, a lot of what was coming up underneath of their kind of fluctuating argument because they would go in and out of arguing and and trying to come down and have quiet moments and and passion moments and in and out of arguing. Underneath it all is the woman who plays Marie. Her uh, real name is Zendaya. Um, She wasn't selfish in her life. She did. She gave to him to the point of resentment. Yeah. Because that's that's what a lot of us do. And you could be the male or the female in the relationship. It doesn't matter. Or two females or two males, whatever. But someone usually bends so much because they want to save from arguing. They want to say, mm-hmm. stay away from the conflict. So they relinquish. And that person keeps relinquishing. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't pick your battles and have your moments when you understand what when it is and isn't worth having the debate. But apparently, she did this the entire relationship to the point that he took for granted enough that he could have created a film basically based on her life and her struggles with uh, drug addiction and promiscuity and all the, you know, mental health uh, challenges that she was experiencing through her addiction process in the earlier years of the relationship. He created this phenomenal movie about it and then got on stage and thanked everyone down to the assistant's assistant and did not thank her. Yeah. She said he thanks his third grade teacher. Exactly. And like that right there, that's the premise of the movie. Every Mm -hmm. single person out there has loved someone creative. Every single person out there has craved bent over backwards for recognition or thanks. Mm -hmm. That is the line that you need to know of the movie. And it happens in the first one minute. They come home from this premiere Mm -hmm. about this movie that he made about Mm -hmm. the most painful parts of her life. Yes. He thanked his third grade teacher 
He thanked a different one of his ex-girlfriends. He did not <laughs> thank his partner. And everyone exactly. out there listening right now just went, mm-hmm. right? We all mm-hmm. did. And and later, and this one is more of a spoiler, so I'll keep the beginning to myself. <laughs> but, but what you were just talking to, there was this amazing line that Zendaya says that where she says, uh, it makes me regret sharing so much of myself with you. Yes. When you're cruel to me with my details. Right. And one of the things I talk about all the time in small business is how we talk about pain points Mm -hmm. and how we address them because we have to address them. We can't ignore the pain. Otherwise, we're not solving any problems. We're we're being Pollyannas. Right. But but we have to be so careful and precious with the details of each other's pain and experience, because if you do just hurl it out in an argument, if you're a couple or on a sales page, if you're a marketer, if you do just hurl these details around, people will regret the yep. level of intimacy that they have shared with you. And that is why that knockdown, drag down, you know, pickup artist version of selling still exists because it's like, I'm going to make you feel like shit so that you remember that you need me. And that is what Malcolm and Marie was for me the whole time yeah. was watching two people try to win mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while staking their claim of their parts of each other, but trying to ma- maintain autonomy the whole time. And it's like, I can see how not only is that so important for creative people to understand that boundary to us to get where we get our inspiration or our artistry from, but also what if, what if we are Malcolm and Marie is our business or vice versa, right? Like, how are we working in relationship with our business? Mm-hmm. Because it can go just as toxic as a toxic partnership. Absolutely. And you are truly, you're either married to your business or your business is your child's. You, you can't you can't have it, you can't have it both ways though, right? And so this is what I think, you know, deepening a little bit to go along, like kind of piggybacking where you're going with it. There's the people who look at their business as a baby. Well, you don't yep. you don't treat your baby. I don't even care when they're grown, when they're adults now, when you can have like adult level verbose conversations, you're still never going to give your baby the same energy you would give your lover. Mm-mm. So you can't have it both ways. And you have to be clear about that authenticity. So for the to back it up a little bit for Malcolm and Marie, a lot of their push and pull in the context of their conversation. And one of the scenes uh, before it got really grimy, like right when it was leading up to it, uh, Malcolm is leaning over the bathtub trying to basically say before, and again, this is before it gets grimy. So I won't give spoilers to that. Like, I'm just trying to love you. I'm, I just want to love you. And and the fact that you need me to need you is the problem. And I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. that's one of the challenges. Like we, for your lover, for your actual physical lover in your real life, you don't want to, to need your lover. You want to want them. That's right. when relationships go awry. When you start looking at like, I need you to complete me. I need you to do that. And the same with our businesses. If we look at our businesses and the stage that they are now, which they should evolve, just like your relationship would evolve, just like your baby would grow up, you want your relationship to grow. But if you start being codependent on that on that business baby, the same way you could be codependent in a relationship as a parent or as a lover, 
it grows organically into toxicity because the business is trying to evolve. Your clients are trying to tell you they need something different. They want something more. They want something else. They're letting you know that they're ready to blossom and they Hmm. still want your guidance. And you're still trying to hold on to what first made you your first dollar or when you first got recognition or your first award or, or worse, you're holding on to the idea of what you said you would do when you first wrote your, you know, your your 68-page business plan or whatever. Right. Meanwhile, you're not even passionate about that anymore. So you have to make a choice. Ooh. Listen, right? Because we do. You're so right. I love that we're bro. I love that we're blossom. And I think one word that I've used so much more in the last 365 days of COVID than I've ever used before. Uh, is the word precious. Mm. And we do have a tendency to get so precious with those first blossoms. Yes. The first blossom, whether it's that 68-page business plan or our first success, our first testimonial. No, I have to stay true to this very first blossom mm-hmm. instead of allowing that evolution. And also, I think one of the things is, you know, one of the things that comes up in Malcolm and Marie a lot is this idea of like, where do I stop and where does the other person begin? Yes. Because in order to have a relationship, there has to be some separateness, mm-hmm. right? And like, and I know this from my own marriage, like on, in moments when we're too enmeshed, mm-hmm. we're not healthy in that moment. And there are also moments when I'm too enmeshed in my business that is not healthy at all. So I'm wondering now, based on Malcolm and Marie, how can I bring the mystery and the separateness back into this thing that in turn has been my lover and my child yeah different ways oh my god what a horrible sentence i know right like (laughs) so so what do you what do you recommend for people who have lost the mystery by being so precious about their business baby slash lover yeah that that would be coming back to your first question at the beginning of this conversation about what do they need to concentrate on this week which is reclaiming your power. And part of reclaiming your power is admitting that you're not full in the first place, right? Like that your battery is not fully charged. Because you're if you're walking around in this egotistical part of yourself, kind of filling yourself, and there's nothing wrong with confidence, you know, pure authentic confidence. That's mm-hmm. not what I'm talking about. No, but we're if you, team confidence. Like team yeah. confidence all day. But if you are going off of the fumes of an illusion of confidence that you don't feel if you're you're living an Instagram version of your life versus the behind the scenes right and we know the difference the Instagram version you want to make sure your background is right and you know am I posing correctly is the light hitting this I don't want it I don't want to get the dirty laundry in the corner so that you're like everything's overly you know overly curated in that moment versus being like you know what this <laughs> That that has its place, but that's not all the time. Yeah. Because some of some of my process is being messy. Some of my process is standing back and saying, you know what? I don't like how this is looking. I don't like the fact that my um my business is so overly curated and overly polished that I look like perfect patty um or perfect mm. ball, right? Like if that's not really what you want to do, part of it is backing up and saying, wait a minute. I'm not as full of my power as I thought I was. Let me Mm. recognize that there's something out of alignment with me and or my business, which obviously are not mutually exclusive in the first place. So if you're willing to recognize there's an issue, now we can back into, well, what's the emotion that's been like 
anchoring me there in the first place? Why did I feel the need for the last however long, months, weeks, years, decades to consistently do that? How was it serving? How was it serving me? So I can look at, is that really how I want to continue to be served into the next level? Because if you just jump into, like, if you try to pass the kind of therapeutic, you know, unthreading version of it, then you miss the deeper lessons. If you just say, because everyone asks this question, like, well, how is that serving you? You're like, oh, well, it's not serving me anymore. Let me do something different. But if you don't really know why it's not serving you anymore, then you're going to make a new version of the same mistake. You want to do something. You're totally want to do something different. You're going to create a new program, maybe start a new division, make a new hire, get a new coach, sign up for a new course. You're going to totally quote unquote, do something different. Yeah. And you're not going to be consistent with it because it's still out of alignment because you didn't understand why it wasn't working in the first place. And you really have to have that, as I would say, come to Jesus conversation with yourself. Like you have to have that moment where you're willing to look at the messiness. Go look at the laundry in the corner. What is going on? (laughs) Go look at the messiness. Yeah, Yeah. there's this one point in in the movie where, uh, in Malcolm and Marie, where Marie calls Malcolm out and tells him that he doesn't have the introspection or self-awareness to write anything true from his own experience. Mm. And I think that what you just said about like, go look at the mess. Yes. Go look at the mess. Like we're recording audio right now. We're on video right now. My floor that you cannot see is a mess. (laughs) Like I can see it. You're like, go look at the mess. And I don't, all I have to do is turn my head and see a literal (laughs) mess. Right. So I love (laughs) <laughs> love that we're talking about messiness and selfishness in my birthday episode. I freaking love it. I love how this episode has felt like the best therapy session of my life. <laughs> Listeners, I hope you agree. I'm so excited that I'm I'm glad I could oblige. dream about the giving tree. Heck yes. So really goofy question for you. Super goofy. In one of the very first scenes of Malcolm and Marie, uh, we see... We see Zendaya in this ridiculous dress that is like unbelievably gorgeously sexy and fabulous. Mm -hmm. And she is making a box of Kraft macaroni and cheese, which does not look good in black and white. I'm going to spoil that for you right now. And you and I had a previous talk about how it's not really mac and cheese. And I agree with you. So we're not even going to go. But here's my question for you. You have just been slighted. Mm-hmm. badly mm-hmm. by the person you love. Mm-hmm. And you're about to send a passive aggressive message by making some late night food. <laughs> it's not Kraft Mac and cheese. What is it? Mm, passive aggressive food for me. Um, I'm a baker at heart. <laughs> you got to do some angry baking. I want to do some angry baking. I'm, I'm <laughs> I'm going to make cupcakes. So uh, here's a little context. So I'm anger cakes, anger cakes, little anger cakes. Little anger cakes. So I have a, a rare autoimmune and there's like a ton of things that I can't eat and allergies and all kinds of things. And one of those allergies is gluten. So unfortunately I can't eat the good cupcakes anymore. I love to make them for other people, but I can't eat them. So You're what gonna I'm going to do, anger cakes. I'm going to make eat? angry cupcakes that I can't eat. And then I'm going to give it to, in my case, my forever love is my husband. I'm <laughs> going to give it to my husband at three in the morning or two in the morning, like they did in Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and as he eats it, I'm going to stand there and stare and he's going to feel 
all the energy of how selfish that I think that he's being by mm-hmm. taking time to fuel himself while I can't eat it. Yeah, right? like, how's all that gluten treating you? Good? Yeah, that Have you fun can with eat that and delicious gluten? Exactly. <laughs> and to the point <laughs> that he stops eating it and can't enjoy it. That, that's how I'm going to torment him. So, yeah. Hashtag passive aggressive anger case. <laughs> <Hashtag> Angry cupcakes. <laughs> passive aggressive gluten. Like... <laughs> Oh, my God. All right. You and I could do this all day, and I'm sure my listeners could, too. So my last question for you today is, what is the best way, if I am hearing someone that's like, yes, I need to be more selfish in my life or in my relationship or in my business or all of the above, what is the best way for those future selfish people to reach out and start a conversation with you? The best way is honestly, come look us up. Even if you're not a Facebooker, we have a community called Certified Selfish. It's private, but public Public in that it's free. So it's private enough where you can come in and have contextual conversations that everyone else on your timeline can't see. Mm-hmm. So come over to Certified Selfish um, in the Facebook community. And there's lots of free trainings and all kinds of live streams and Intimacy Advantage weekly shows and all kinds of things that we do every single week. Um, if you want to jump right into a conversation, I'm going to say go to our website at bigpro.com. I know the link will be in the show notes below. Of course it will. And my the link to my calendar is right there. Just you know, book a call, a virtual tea, as I like to call them, because Annie knows that I love to show up with my tea everywhere I go. Yes, you do, my love. Um, (laughs) And let's have a conversation around how I could support you or if necessary, refer you to someone that it makes sense for you to be supported by. I absolutely adore that. I can't wait until COVID is over and we can have some gluten-free baked goods because I'm not going to eat gluten in front of you, girl. (laughs) I love you too much. Everybody else... I will be back in just a minute with my final thought and your homework for the week. It will not involve baking. Well, hey there, listeners. Months after originally recording this episode, I am still fixated on that idea of consent. Now, I get it. It is never ever easy to turn down good money, especially if it's in your zone of genius. And it is always hard for heart-centered businesses to turn people away. But are your clients treating you how you deserve to be treated? For many, many, many years in my own business, I gave and 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 bent over backwards to accommodate complete strangers. I put their potential interest in my work above my health and the profitability of my business. My boundaries were basically non-existent. And every time I tried to experiment with it, I felt greedy, egotistical, snobby, and self-centered. But looking back in hindsight on all of those exhausting years, I now see that I could have been and should have been a lot more selfish. After all, it is my small business, my bottom line, my impact, my legacy. And I didn't have enough time left to do the valuable creative work that mattered to me. I didn't have enough money left to reinvest in my business to help it grow. And I certainly didn't have enough confidence to ask for what I needed or to build win-win relationships with my prospects and clients. Now, I only embark in engagements that are energized, responsible, open, honest, and fair. 
I refuse to drag people across their starting lines or finish lines anymore. And that has made all the difference. Your homework this week is to deeply examine your client-provider relationships. What bad habits have you allowed to take hold in your business? What allowances or tolerations eat at you while you try to do your best work? Where have you become resentful? Who works harder for your client's success, them or you? Don't be the giving tree. You deserve to be so much more than a used up given stump. If a client is treading on you, this is the week to compassionately, bravely, fully, and finally set things straight. Oh, and on the exact flip side, talking about positive client-provider relationships. Just one quick thing. In the production of this episode, we learned that my beloved podcast editor and producer, Andrew Sims, and I are birthday twins. Happy birthday, Andrew. The passion and expertise and talent that you have brought to this show makes it sparkle and shine, and I'm so grateful. Too Legitimate to Quit is brought to you by the Non-Sleazy Sales Academy and me, your host, Annie P. Ruggles. If you struggle to sell because you don't know how to put a price on all that goodness in you and you don't like the way that your competitors do it, I have great news for you. You can find my free challenge, Making Selling Easy Without Getting Sleazy, anytime at www.anniepruggles.com slash easy, not sleazy. Our show is edited and produced by Andrew Sims of Hypable. Our fabulous theme tune is by Riley Horbacio, who I found on Fiverr. Our gorgeous podcast art is by Francois Vigneault, who I found on Upwork. And our marketing team is led by the unbelievably life-saving Nick Bonitatibus. Don't forget to check today's show notes for more information about our fabulous guests, plus some continuing resources and some Etsy finds from other super fans of today's topic. All pop culture elements mentioned in this episode remain the sole intellectual property of their respective owners. I do not own them, so please don't sue me.